Are you in your 40s, approaching your 40s, past your 40s, and wondering, what the F is happening to my body, in my relationships, with my family, in my career, generally all the things. If so, then you're in the right place. We're your hosts. I'm Beth. And I'm Dana. We're here to bring people together to explore and have real, raw conversation about being 40-ish. So welcome to What the 40-ish, a podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in again to What the 40-ish. I'm your host, Dana, with my co-host, Beth. And we have an awesome guest here today. It is Miss Jessica Love. She is a certified life and weight loss coach. And she really started out helping healthcare professionals, but has extended her business now to helping everyday folk like us, I suppose. (laughs) So hi, Jessica. We're so happy to have you. Hi, I'm excited to be here. I guess, tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into life coaching. Yeah. So I've been in healthcare for 15 years, 13 of those. I was um, a registered nurse. Um, I worked in the emergency room at multiple different hospitals. I worked in the um, intensive care unit at multiple different hospitals, interventional radiology, cardiac cath lab, surgery, prep and recovery. And in the last couple of years, I just remember coming to work and thinking to myself, this cannot be it. I cannot picture myself doing this for the next 30 years of my life. I'm like, no way. But here I was externally trying to change my circumstances when it was really, I need to figure out in my head what exactly I even wanted. If being a nurse wasn't what I wanted, then what did I want? Because I just kept switching departments, switching hospitals. All it would take is like one bad manager to just literally ruin the whole thing. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, I had to take a little bit of a step back and start focusing on what it was that I did or didn't want. And it all kind of came down to, I love helping people. I'm a people person and I want everyone to succeed. And what did nursing have in common and all that and all the different areas I worked in? I helped people in various ways. I mean, I can't tell you how many patients I life coach on a regular basis, just about their life and their ways of thinking and their illnesses and stuff that they have. Then I began to pursue avenues of like, okay, well, what exactly does that look like? What exactly does that mean? Right. And one of my friends sent me a Brooke Castillo podcast and I already listened to like a lot of different podcasts by people, um, different kinds of like coaches, you know, just people in the industry and then books and everything, audio books. I listened to a lot of those. She sent me a, um, a Brooke Castillo podcast. And initially when I was getting into coaching, I was really convinced that I wanted to be a sex coach because every time one of my girlfriends that's, you know, they've all been married for a long time. It's like, Oh man, you know, it's been like two weeks. I I should probably have sex with my husband tonight. (laughs) Part of, part of my soul would die a little bit because I'm like, seriously, why are you denying yourself this pleasure? Why does it have to be about him? Why can't it be about you? You know? And so I was really on this like path of like, I want to sexually empower every woman out there, right? Like I want every woman to be their most beautiful, badass sexual goddess and just like own the bedroom, right? So that was kind of initially my journey. And I, and I still do want to go into that avenue somewhere. But and then obviously the world has changed a lot in the last two years. Then kind of where I started to go with it was typically you become later in your life who you needed at some point in time. Right. And when I was going through my own mind drama of 
I don't want to be a nurse anymore, but what the heck else do I do? It would have been more helpful, I guess. And it would have been a little more supportive to have that group and network of people that really are able to support you in that process of like, it's okay if you want to change careers. It is okay to want to do something else. Because unfortunately, a lot of what's happening, especially after COVID, is there's a lot of this, a little bit of like emotional manipulation that's happening of like, oh, you're a hero, right? And like, you feel like it's your duty. You feel like it's what you have to do when it's like, in reality, it's like, it's a job. Yeah, It's a job and you don't have to do it. And since when do jobs require you to check your mental, physical, emotional health and safety in your family at the door? Because that's what it's become, unfortunately. And it's been happening, you know, more and more over the years. I don't understand why in relationships, interpersonal relationships, you know, we're all like, we're all supportive of each other. And it's all like, don't let people treat you poorly, right? Like if somebody's like, you know, if you're, girlfriend's husband's cheating. You're like, Oh, leave that door bag. Right? Like you would never want that for other people in your life. But why do you have to check your self-worth at the door for a job for a paycheck? And I can't tell you how many times it was like, I was forced to stay over. And it's like, what would they do if I had kids? Like you have to be able to be there for your family and just being so mentally, physically exhausted that you have nothing left for anyone else. And it's like, that is not a life to live. And I have experienced so much death in my career. I have held hands with people while they died and nobody at the end of their life wishes they would have got another degree or they would have made more money. No, it's, it's about who is there at the end, right? Like who's holding your hand, who's there for you, the life experiences that you had, the memories that you've made, the relationships that you've fostered living your life. There's just no way we were born to work and die. Yeah, It's just, that's just not how I refuse to accept that that's how it is. Unfortunately, when you work in careers like healthcare, it's very inclusive in your relationships. All your friends and the people you surround yourself are all healthcare workers or cops or fire or something like that. And they all are stuck in the same hamster wheel of just work all this overtime, kill your body. I can't tell you how many nurses I took care of in my department that had finally retired and their body just broke down. And I'm like, what life is that? You just worked for 70 years of your life and now you can't even enjoy it, you know? So unfortunately, as humans, we have a human brain and it's wired to protect us. It's wired to keep us safe. It's one of our strongest survival mechanisms is familiarity. Okay, so you would rather risk your life than leave something that's familiar. Yeah. And belonging, right? So then you have these two factors of like, okay, it's a community. It's a community of everybody you work with. You're all in the trenches and in the shit together. But for some reason, it's such a badge of honor. So my journey and my coaching is to help people wake up and realize that there is more and different out there. And that is okay if this is not what you want to do. I can't tell you how many people at work just in the last like six months would be like, you don't want to be a nurse? What is wrong with you? And I'm like, what is wrong with you that you want to do this forever? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my it's, gosh. It's okay if that's what you want. Yeah. That is just not what I want. So my goal in not only just my coaching, but in like this community I'm creating on my Facebook page is the Courage Club is just really help support people to have courage in their life, to live their best life. 
I have been divorced. I've been married and divorced. And I know a lot of women that have gone through that. And really what you need in that time is the people in your corner to tell you it's okay to feel how you're feeling. And it's okay to just move the hell on. Like you are the author of your story. Just turn the page. Yeah. You know, start a new chapter. It's okay. Definitely. Yep. I can agree with that. Yeah. Turn the page. I, yes, I think I, I love that. I love that. Well, and I think right now, I think a lot of people, especially with the pan, I hate to keep blaming everything on the pandemic, but like, I think the pandemic but it's changed the world though. Yeah, it has. And I think it, it's brought a lot of people to kind of dig deep and think about, is this what I really want to do with my life? And I, I can, can definitely see that for people in, in the healthcare industry, but I, I come from an education background. So I have a lot of friends who are teachers and teachers are experiencing the same thing too. They're like, yeah. I don't know if I want to continue to do this anymore. This yeah. is, you know, the, not just with the pandemic, but just like, a culture shift that's happening and, and the pressures that are put on in, on teachers of, about making sure you say the right thing or all these things that are, are changing. It's, it's changing the landscape of what teaching looks like. And that's not what teachers 10, 15, 20 years ago signed up for. And so they're like, I'm not sure if this is what I want to do anymore. So I I think that that, that not just the pandemic, but a lot of other, a lot of other things happening in the world right now are causing people to evaluate what, what they're doing. And is this what I really want to be doing for the rest of my life? And what am I sacrificing to continue to do it? I know that, I mean, Dana and I both have kind of been a chameleon of sorts in our careers and we I think there's been times where we've done the job that we needed to do to bring in that little extra bit of income to help support our families, or we've done the job that we're passionate about, or we've done, you know, like we've, we've been that chameleon that's changed from time to time. But I think we're both right now, like kind of at a, at a crossroads and and trying to figure out, okay, we do at some point want to retire. (laughs) You know, we do at some point we don't want to have to work for the rest of our lives. So what is it that we're going to do that one checks all the boxes for us? Because we're both, I feel like we're both in that same category. We both feel like we want to be doing something that we're passionate about, something that feels meaningful, but also we want to be able to make a living at it. That's, you know, I think the crossroads that we're both facing right now. And, you know, you know, Dana made a, a move to Florida. And so it's like kind of, I mean, even though that's where she's from originally, she doesn't live there in a, in a while. And so it's like starting all over again. And, and I'm going back to school to, you know, pursue, you know, family and marriage counseling. And so we've, we're both at a kind of a crossroads. So, um, I definitely can, I can see where people who do what you do in life coaching is like super important, especially right now in today's society. Yeah. So when I originally met Jessica, I think she she and I had a little conversation and I was like, I think people in our age category are kind of on that weird fence of like life coaching. Like what is, what is this? Cause it hasn't been around. I mean, it's been around for a long time, but it hasn't, it's really just kind of started in like the nineties, you know, and it was mostly for like businesses and things like that. And, too. and it was a very male dominated industry. Yeah. And so now it's, you know, you hear it all the time. And so I think, I think like, our, especially like our kids will grow up knowing, okay, that's a normal thing. You go to the, you, you, check in with your life coach. But I think for people like us, I am totally not opposed to a life coach. And like, the more I think about it, I'm like, this is like having 
your best friend cheerleader in your corner and is going to push your ass off, you know, out there. And it might be a little uncomfortable, but they're going to, you know, make you do it. And they're not going to blow smoke up your ass and tell you, oh no, yeah, you know, it's fine. No, they're like, no, no, no. Are you moving forward? But I would say probably like four years ago, I'd be like, what the hell is a life coach? Like, why would I even need this? You know, as I've educated myself a little more on what this person does. I think it's a, it's a really cool profession. I don't know. I guess it's like a best friend. Like I I'm definitely the blunt best friend that will tell you like it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. <laughs> I lo- that's what I, that's what I love about you, Dan. Let's well, not the only thing, but that is one of the things that I love about you is that you will just tell you, tell you, tell it like it is. I mean, yeah. And you need to hear that sometimes and you need that one friend, but sometimes you don't have that friend in your life. Sometimes you have a group of friends who constantly play into what it is that they think you want to hear and not yeah. really what you need to hear. You know, you got to appreciate the friend that, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I try to make it sweet and kind, but man, I'll just tell you like, no, no, you're, you're kind of wrong in that situation, but whatever. <laughs> but yeah, that's, I think life coaching is probably an important thing for people now. So for somebody like me, I've never had a life coach. I've gone to like a, a counselor for myself and I've gone like, Brian and I have gone to like family counseling together, but it's never been for an extended period of time. But for somebody like, like me and, and Beth, we're both, we're at that pivotal point. We're at this point, this turning point in our lives. So we're not young, we're not old. And I think there's just a bajillion people out there like us. What Jessica, would you recommend them do or reach how to find a, how do, I don't even know how to find a life coach. Like, how do you find one you like? What am I looking for? What should I expect from a life coach? Like, or is it just kind of like a build your own bear kind of thing? I don't know. So social media is very helpful. Instagram is very helpful. Um, If you just think about what exactly you're looking for, there's women out there that coach very specific niches like women in their 40s, right? Instagram is very helpful. There's a lot of coaches on Instagram and they all have a variety of niches. So you could literally just start like Instagramming like 40 women coach kind of thing, 40 year old women coach or something like that. So um, that is helpful. But honestly, like just listening to different podcasts and hearing about different coaches, then there's just so many and you just kind of pick one that you feel like you connect with the most. What, what would you do? Like if I came to you and we're going to have a session and I'm like, Jessica, I love you. I love your vibe. I think I mesh well with you. I found you. And then, you know, you have your price and I've paid you your price. Like what would like a first session, like what would you be doing for me? Um, so it depends on what you're looking for, right? Individual sessions, a package of sessions or like a course kind of thing, right? But individual or a package of sessions, it's just where are you now and where do you want to be? Right. And with, I want to do with like the package of sessions, like basically I'm calling it like courage coaching. So what do you need encouraged for? Because that's what I want to be for everyone. You know, I, I want to be your bluntly honest cheerleader, you know, and I'm going to stand there with a mirror for you and be like, okay, mm, for real. Did did you mean that? Do you said this, but do you mean it though? Is that what you really want? So and just getting curious and questioning everything. So the nice thing about coaching is that like, I'm not your therapist, you know, and we don't focus a lot on past stuff. We can talk about it, 
But that's actually more of what therapy is, is a lot of past stuff. This is coaching's like, okay, hey, this is where you're at in your life. Where do you want to be? How can I help you grow? How can I help you move forward kind of in life? So it's just kind of what exactly you're looking for. Sometimes, I mean, I have people that I coach just about what's happening with like this move that they just made, you know, and a new house they just bought and like how they felt about the neighborhood and things like that. And like, so it just is a variety. It's kind of like, I don't know. I feel like I, my kind of um, personality is I'm here for you. What can I do for you today? Right. How can I help you have a better week? Right. So it's just kind of whatever you're, you go into it with whatever you're, wanting to get out of it basically they're not going to solve your problems just know that right and even with some of these coaching programs i had a very good conversation with a friend recently that's trying to like build her own coaching business for like divorced moms and she had done a course and she's like you know i feel like it was like a total waste of money and i'm like but did you learn something and she's like well i mean yeah and i said then it wasn't but it's only a waste if you think it's a waste you choose what you get out of something and if you choose to not get anything out of it and you think it's a waste then yeah then it'll be but if you go into it letting go of this expectation of something so like you're talking about like well what what would i expect what do you want you'll get out of it whatever you want to get out of it and that's a lot of like what i feel like is something that's helpful not just for women in their 30s but women in their 40s too of letting go of this picture of how your life was supposed to be at this time, right? How you're supposed to be feeling, what you're supposed to be doing, who gives a shit. Yeah. It's your life. You get to do whatever you want. You get to reinvent yourself. It's never too late to reinvent yourself. You get to make it however you want to be. And there's no timelines to it. Yeah. I think so that's a I lot mean, of I, what I work with too. I think men could use that too. I think men, Oh, yeah. So much, you know, our poor men, like there is so much empowerment behind women at this moment. And our men are just like, poop, you're back there. But there's a lot of pressure, so much pressure that they have that's been put on them to, you know, you got to make this much money. You got to be able to do this. And I, yeah, it's got to be, I can, that's got to be hard also to be a man. And, you know, one of my, um, I kind of just like want to do everything in my life. Right. So, and I want to help everyone because I want everybody to succeed. I am 36 and I've been divorced for nine years. So I have had quite my share of interesting dating. Right. (laughs) And something that's come out of that for me is that I want to offer a different set of coaching for just men. Right. And there's part of me that is like considering doing a whole different podcast too, for just men and calling it dude, get your shit together. (laughs) (laughs) And working on and working on helping bridge the gap between men and women, because honestly, we all want the same freaking things. Like, yes. Is our genetic makeup different? Yes. Do we have sometimes more emotions or sometimes just different things because we have hormones, you know, but Men are so similar to women in a lot of ways too. I cannot tell you how many emotional men I've dated. And I'm like, okay, we need to stop talking about how men don't have emotion. They do. How can we make them more comfortable with it though? Like I want to help men be more comfortable with who they truly are. Right. And that's part of like 
getting your shit together. Well, do you also think just, just play devil's advocate here and just, do you also think that women need to become more comfortable with, with men having and sharing their emotions? <laughs> because you know, when my husband ever, occasionally he'll get a little, like every once in a while, get like, we'll start to show a little bit of emotion. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> and he, and he's <laughs> are like, you right now? Yeah, and he's like, and then he like, oh, like, like he realizes Aww. he's being, you know, but it's, it's also, you know, as women and married, I mean, like, we have to, we have to change a little bit too, and be able to be okay with them not being that normal, like stoic, like nothing bothers me. Like, or if it does, I'm not going to get emotional about it. I'm just going to be, you know, pissy, <laughs> you know, like I'm not going to, you know, and that's what we've come. That's kind of what I've come to expect is that when he's upset about something or he's in his feelings, he doesn't show it the way I do by like crying yeah. or whatever. Like he's yeah. going to be like, you know, just kind of in a bad mood. And yeah. So we have to be like, as women, we have to be okay with men sharing, showing that emotion too. And I think that's part of it is that, you know, we're just as much to, to blame for that. As God, I would love it if Brian would show his, instead of just being grumpy, would just be like, Hey, I'm upset about this or that. Like, just tell me, just fucking tell me what's wrong. Nothing's yeah. wrong. Well, <laughs> well, you know, and it also comes down to a lot of self-awareness that's not happening of reading the energy of the room like like dana you're talking about you're trying to get him to talk okay it's one thing if you're dating people that don't want to talk to you and you want to talk about it right like you need to find out what your strengths and weaknesses and what you do and don't need and want you know i dated a guy that was extremely emotional and i told him when we broke up i said you know you're probably one of the most emotional men i've met but that's okay. That is who you are. And I, you need to be okay with that. Right. Because it was, it was this constant battle of like trying not to be emotional, but he was emotional. And it's like, it's okay. I see you. I hear you. I feel you. You know, I can't always understand you because I'm not you and I don't know what you're going through, but being aware that you have them. And so dating people and getting into relationships and circumstances that you can safely be yourself though, you know, and it's, it is part of our, a lot of our programming as women that, you know, we are programmed to think that like dudes aren't supposed to have emotion. Dudes aren't supposed to cry. Right. Like, and I had one of my guy nurse friends, he's like, Jessica, every man just wants a woman. He's comfortable crying in front of, I don't care what a dude says. That is a hundred percent across the board. And I was yeah. like, huh. Okay. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> I like, honestly, I think I've only seen my husband cry twice. That was it. Yeah. So it's not been very many times I've seen Aaron cry. And it's not that I wouldn't, you know, I'd be totally open to this. Like, yeah, I'd love to see some emotion on you. Like some of that type of emotion. Uh, And maybe that's something that's been ingrained in him. And it probably has been. Uh, Yeah. Beth and I both have brothers. It was always like, no, boys don't cry. What are you, a girl? Like, yeah. Yeah. But what a lot of it is, is it's all an individual basis thing. It's like, as women, we need to work on our programming to be more supportive for their emotions. But we can't force them to have them or have control of them, you know? So then it's their responsibility. It's like a lot of coaching is putting the responsibility back 
on other people and yourself, right? And a lot of it is what we talk about. It's like, okay, you are responsible for your intention and delivery. The rest is up to other people. So once you get to this point where you're like, oh, okay, well, I'm not going to intentionally, like Dana, you're talking about like being honest, like you're not intentionally being an asshole. You, your intention was with love and your delivery was, you know, as nice as you thought it could be. And someone else interpreted it a different way. And you're like, okay, well, that's, that's on them. That's not on me. That's on them. Yeah. Yeah. No, and then that's you stop true. really caring what people think because you're like, oh, well, their opinion of me is none of my business anyways. Yeah. I'm kind of at that point. <laughs> I don't really give a shit what you think about me. I like to refer it as unfuckwithable. Yeah. You get to a point where you're like, that's fine. You can have your opinion. You can say whatever you want to say. It doesn't affect me because I get to live my life and you get to live yours. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's easier for some people than others. I think it's a lesson that was really hard for me because I'm a people pleaser by nature and a nurturer. And so like, I'm just, I'm always, I was always striving, but I think it it finally hit me. I think it was about five or six years ago where I was just like, you know, not that I don't care. I do, but I learned to not dwell on it because I used yeah. to dwell on it. And it used to like, to the point where it was like, it, like really literally driving myself crazy. Like, what could I have done differently? Like, how can I make this person feel better about our relationship? Like, and, you know, at a certain point you have to be like, you know, well, life's too short for me to like run around circles, you know, like I am who I am at this point. I don't feel like if there's, and I feel like I'm a pretty nice person. I'm a pretty, you know, so like, if yeah. you don't like me, then okay. You know, yeah. like I'm just not your person then. And that's okay. You know, and I, ha- and that's okay. That's and amazing. You know, while it, you know, initially stings a little bit, you know, I've learned to kind of, you know, not dwell on it. Like it is what it is. And I, you know, you, you go do your thing and I'll do mine, like you were saying. So, but one of the things that you said earlier, like caught my attention and you said something, I think it was on the lines of typically you become someone you needed at some, that someone you needed at some point in your life. And I thought that that was a really interesting point because I think that that's kind of true. Um, and I think it's true in parenting too. And I know you said you don't, ha- you don't, you don't have kids. Right. No. But um, I feel like that's true in parenting, like where you, you, you parent, you take the things that you appreciated or that you felt were good about your parents and you build upon that. And then you become, I think for me personally, like become, you, you adopt some of those things that you needed from your parents that maybe you didn't get. But I feel like I hadn't thought about it outside of that perspective. I've thought about it a lot in that perspective, but outside of that perspective, I guess that that is true. And I feel like that's true also in, in your relationships with not only with your spouse, but with your, with, with, with your friends and that maybe you become that person. And some I've recently have become the, cause normally I'm genuinely like the listening ear and we'll try to offer some, you know, very, very constructive, you know, like very, very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Very, not conservative, but generic, gen- not, gen- not necessarily generic, but just like very nice. 
I'm very nice about the words that I, that I put back out there. And then I've recently have had a friend that just really needed somebody to just basically whip her butt in the gear and tell her that she was being ridiculous and nobody was doing it, you know? And so, and I've been at that point in my life where I really just needed somebody to tell me that before and didn't have that you know, didn't have that to, t- to tell me that I was being ridiculous. And so you stay on that, that path, that, that, that negative path for too long. And, um, I finally just like stepped up, even though it wasn't like a part of my normal comfort zone. I finally just stepped up and told her like, look, you know, you need to snap out of this. This is, you're wrong here, you know? And, and I, it hurts me to tell you that because I love you so much. And I, I value our, our relationship, but you're wrong. It was what she needed to hear. And she, you know, like after initially being upset with me for telling her, like, you know, a week later, she's like, you know what? You're right. I'm, I'm so glad that you, you said that to me because I, I, I really did need to hear that. So I think that that's really important. And I guess as a life coach, you're probably doing that on like a regular, <laughs> doing that on a regular basis. So it's probably pretty customized, right? So like when you talk to somebody, you're getting a feeling for, okay, I think I, you know, is that what it's like where you're like, kind of like, I feel like, okay, I can see what this person needs and maybe they're not direct. I mean, you have times where maybe they're not directly saying it, but you can kind of sense it or feel it. Usually what people think is a problem is not the problem. It's something else. A lot of what I'm doing all the time is challenging and questioning their thoughts and perspectives right? Okay. Well, you think that you feel this way for this reason. Are you convinced of that? Are you sold on that? Right? What about this? What about that? So it's funny because I actually ask a lot more questions than I do give any kind of answers because you're not fixing it for them. You're not figuring it out for them. You're helping them kind of down the path, you know, like, like I have, like I'm the one with the flashlight on a dark road, you know? So it's interesting that when you ask these questions, like you empower them to figure it out themselves. That's, that's the funny thing is that, you know, we tend to, especially as females, I feel like is because we love to talk to our friends about like their opinions, right. And like other people's advice. Well, what if we got more comfortable with our own advice, right? What if we got to a point where we didn't need other people's advice to, or perspectives really to make a decision, right? It's like more self-love, more self-confidence, more trusting in yourself. Because honestly, the only person that's going to have your back for the rest of your life is you, right? So it's kind of like when we stop giving up our power to other people's opinions, other people's things, we're able to figure things out a little more on our own and able to like trust our own intuition and our own judgment, you know? So I don't necessarily, I don't tell people to right or wrong. I just question why they think that way, why they think it's that answer, you know, for people, maybe they don't have a life coach. Maybe they can't afford it. Maybe, I don't know, whatever, or maybe they're thinking about it. Do you have any like tips that you would give for somebody to kind of self coach them, you know, self coach to be a self coach, I suppose. So taking pen to paper is big. Okay. So I did a lot before I even went into coaching, I did a lot of um, mindset work and it's basically kind of turning into yourself and really putting like your thoughts on paper and then reading them and like, okay, well, 
why do I feel like that? Why do I think like that? Our thoughts are directly related to our feelings. And every circumstance is neutral because, you know, in healthcare, like death and illness is, is a common thing, right? And so it's just like, this is everything's always bad. And I'm like, not necessarily, you know? So it's just, it was bad for one person, but not necessarily for the other. So it's kind of like every circumstance is just that until you give it a thought. It's not good or bad. It's just a circumstance, right? So then whatever thoughts you give it are the emotions that you're going to get from it. And we tend to act on our emotions. So if you don't like something you're doing, question it. Ask yourself, well, you know, why am I doing this? You know, how many people need that glass of wine when they get home from work every night? Well, why? Why do I need this, right? A lot of times it's to escape, right? A lot of things that we're doing in our life is to escape feeling uncomfortable. Well, why can't we just feel these uncomfortable things? And the biggest thing that I try to tell people is that who cares? Be uncomfortable for a minute. You're not going to die from being uncomfortable. I was listening to a book last night and they were talking about your emotion, like whatever feeling you're having, average of 90 seconds at last. Literally be uncomfortable for a minute and a half. Like, what's the big deal of that? You know, and that's something. What's the big deal? What's the problem is something that I ask all the time because so many of us make things a problem that is not a problem or it doesn't have to be a problem. We're just making it a problem. Yep. So just really getting self-aware that you do have control and autonomy and ability to change your thoughts and your emotions. Like, yes, majority of our thoughts are subconscious. We only have control over about 5% of them, supposedly. So what in those 5% can you work on, right? And there's so much with like that conditioning and being self-aware of conditioning and where things come from. Just asking yourself why. You know, you had you had a bad day. You're really frustrated, really emotional. Okay, maybe just sit with yourself for a little bit and ask yourself why. And then, okay, you're sad for some reason. You're mad for some reason. Why is it a big deal? Why are you beating yourself up over it? One thing that we talk about a lot is how does it feel to punch yourself in the face? Doesn't feel good, right? Okay, we'll stop punching yourself in the face. You know, yeah. it's like, it's true. well, it hurts. Okay, well, don't do it then. You know, and that's if we talk to other people the way we talk to ourselves, would we have any friends? No, I would not have any friends. (laughs) (laughs) We've had this conversation several times. I would not have any friends. So it's just giving ourselves more grace and really thinking about why we feel a certain way that we feel. Most of the time, you don't need to do something about it, you just need to feel it. You seem to be okay that it exists, acknowledge it and let it just move through you. And instead of having to go make up for it or distract yourself, just let it happen. Yeah. No, I love that. We, there was a, I can't remember who it was, but the emotions become thoughts and then thoughts become your reality. I think that was mm-hmm. the path. And I, I, I do believe like, you know, when I sit in negativity, everything else just sucks around me. But if I, Look at the, you know, let's look at the the good stuff. Let's look at the good stuff. Everything else becomes, all the bad stuff is just minor. It's so minor. It's nothing. And, and you're responsible for the energy you bring to the room. Yep. And that will influence everyone else. And you will 
be most like the five people you surround yourself with, right? So it's either you level up to them or you set the bar for everyone around you. Yeah. I have always been a big fan of fake it till you make it. Like, cause there's just times when you're just in your body and you feel like crap and you're just like, and then you're like, okay, you know what? I'm going to put on my happy face and I'm going to just pretend like I am awesome and I'm confident and everything is great. And yes, as soon as I exude all of that, it does, people are attracted to it 100%. So I've always, I tell my kids that too. They're like, Oh, I hate it. I'm like, you just got to fake it till you make it. And then it becomes your reality. Your thoughts become a reality. Yeah. There's part of that that I disagree with though, because when you're faking it, you're ignoring the source of where it comes from. All you're doing is putting on a new mask, right? And it's like when you ignore things inside you, it's like a beach ball that you're pushing under the water, right? And you can keep pushing it and keep pushing it. And then eventually it just pops right back up more aggressively than, you know, if you would have had it just an inch under the water. So there's a different part of that. That's like, okay, well, why do you feel like you have to fake it? What's going on? Maybe just process whatever it is you're going through, you know, or work on whatever it is you're thinking about or feeling about. And then it could be genuine. That would be also, I think it also, I think sometimes though you need to, it's, it's not necessarily faking it. It's just like, okay, I, maybe I don't feel the best about myself today, but I'm going to go in, I'm going to be positive anyway. And in turn, people feed off of that positivity and push it back towards you. And that makes you feel, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like it's like not necessary. It's just a, it's a, it's a saying, but like also, it, I mean, there's definitely times when we fake it, you know, there's definitely, definitely times when you fake it for sure. And I've, I've, I've used that phrase so many times. Like, I feel like it's like my motto in life. <laughs> like, I you make it because there's so many times where I'm like, I really have no business doing this. But somehow I'm doing it and making it through. I think it's because you don't know that you can do it until you, until you actually do it. You don't know that you can do it until you actually do it and try it. And then you're like, oh, yeah, I did it. Okay. Yeah. But that, that mindset of just not feeling good about yourself, sometimes you have to, to get through the day. Sometimes you have to like put on the happy face and you have to go in. And sometimes just doing that instead of sitting there in your own negativity is a good thing, right? It, it ends up being, it, it ends up giving back to you what you need in some cases. Not always. I think I see what you're saying about the beach ball and how you push it down, push it down. Cause that's happened to me too, where you like, you just keep pushing on and you're not dealing with what it is that's making you unhappy. And then it explodes, you know? So I get, I get both sides of it, but yeah, I was going to say the same thing. I see the triangle, like sometimes, you know, you're just grumpy and you whatever. You just got to, okay, I'm just going to get through the next 10 minutes and not cry because I just had a big fight with my husband or I feel shitty in these jeans or whatever. But then I, you know, yeah, maybe you should go back and revisit. What is it that's making you feel bad about yourself? So I can, yeah, I see both points, honestly. Yeah. I think, I don't think it's a bad thing to have to fake it if you have to, just to get through the day. But I think you're right where we probably should go back and revisit and figure out, well, what is it that's making you feel bad so that you don't have to fake it in the future? Like you can. And sometimes, sometimes the thing that helps the most when you aren't feeling great in your body and your life is to give the love that you need. Right. So if you don't feel good about yourself, 
right? It's like, but noticing if somebody else does look good or feel good and complimenting other people, right? It's just this weird thing where it's like you give back, you give into the universe and it gives back to you, right? So sometimes if you just put the energy out there that you actually need for yourself, it comes back to you in a certain kind of way. Almost I just like the golden rule, right? Treat people how you want to be treated. You put into the world what you what you would like to see back. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. So, okay. So I'll ask you this. So I have, I have a teenager, teenage daughter, and I honestly was like, I think for Christmas, I'd like to get her life coaching. Like, I feel like she would benefit from it so much because she is one of these people, which I'm at almost every age, there's this person that you're just lost. Like, you don't, you know, and she has a tendency to have a negative outlook on life and make mountains out of molehill, like small little things. And she kind of explodes it. And we're all like, what the hell? Like, no, it's not as bad as you think. Stop making it so hard. And, uh, but like, so saying that, like, what would be the age that people like, okay, you should probably have a life coach or is that any age? It's any age. And the only problem about trying to hire somebody for other people is that they have to want it. Yeah. You know, you could buy her some sessions and she could just refuse to even talk because there was a couple people in my program that really wanted to work with teens. Right. And some of the teens they work with, like didn't want to work with them. And so they wouldn't talk and, you know, it just wasn't as functional as they would have hoped it is, but maybe referring a podcast to her or something like that, where she can get some exposure to it. Yeah. So you have to think about like how hard it is for people to change us. You know, and as much as you hate it because she's your daughter and it's your job as her mom to like, you know, get her on the right road kind of thing. There's a certain amount that she's got to figure out for herself. Right. And so exposing her to that mentality. Right. It's just not telling her how to think, but just giving her an option that there's a different way to think. Right. And asking her like, well, why do you it seems that you're feeling kind of negative right now. Why do you think that is? Because I guarantee she's not even thinking about it. I guarantee it's just literally automatic programming because our thoughts are like grooves, right? The more we think about them, the deeper the grooves get, or the more we practice certain things, the deeper the grooves get. So every time you go to start thinking about something, your brain defaults to these deep grooves, right? So she's probably not even thinking why she feels that way. It's probably just this automatic like teenager mode, you know, of like, ugh, the world is gross, you know? (laughs) Um, So it's just giving her an option that thinking a different way is possible or thinking differently about something that's possible. And then like, you know, audiobooks, different podcasts, stuff like that. And then if she gets to that point where she's like, you know, this is kind of cool, but she's got to have that light bulb moment though, unfortunately. No, I could totally agree with you on that. It's like somebody telling you- There's no age though. So in your courses, so you said you have, you do like one-on-one coaching, you do, you can buy a packet. Do you do like group coaching or is it all one-on-one? No, it's all one-on-one except for my, my program that starts in January is a courage course. And um, that I will do once a week group calls. Um, But otherwise it is one-on-one right now. I'm totally open to doing group coaching. That's actually what I'm going to do on my um, Facebook page. I'm going to start doing kind of like a a once a week little get together of, you know, I just want everybody to celebrate their wins. And when you need support for something, you can come show up once a week and like, hey, 
does somebody need some extra courage this week, you know, and why? Okay. Well, you're going to come on there. You know, I, I can coach you or we can just kind of talk as a group through whatever somebody's going through and then celebrate people's wins. So, yeah. um, it just depends on what people are kind of wanting and looking for. Like I'm open to doing like group calls with people if they want to do that, but, um, also individual. So your courage, tell me about your courage group. Yeah. So, um, I have a, um, a courage club on Facebook on my um, Facebook page. You can just kind of answer a couple questions and join the group. And I just post things in that group about courage, right? Like making hard decisions, like doing scary things and what you're able to accomplish doing those things. And so some people do post here and there also, um, with things that they're, or they like respond with things they're going through. Um, but yeah, so I eventually want to make that into a more interactive space though, of like doing live calls once a week. I thoroughly enjoyed talking to you today and, and getting to hear about life coaching and, and, you know, I, I think I mentioned I'm on this path back in school to become a marriage and family counselor. And I'm like thinking that life coach is about focusing on the future and like pushing people like to move forward with their lives and not to focus so much on the past. And I think to myself, well, that's what I want to do too. So maybe I want to do life coaching. Maybe I (laughs) I don't know. You know, I think I'll still, I'll still continue down the path that, that, that I'm on, but it's, you know, I think, think that this conversation was very enlightening and um, really makes you think and evaluate things that you have going on in your life and why we do the things that we do and how we, you know, how can we motivate people who we know are stuck to, to seek somebody like you as a professional life coach to, to help them. Thank you yeah. for being on the show. Awesome. Okay. So we end every show um, in a couple of ways. We ended a couple of ways. Well, one, so we have a big bend in our show that we really try to focus on kindness and spreading kindness and just bringing it back to the world. Cause you know, right now, like everything you watch, it's just like, everybody's horrible. Everybody hates each other. We would like to ask you to tell us a story about a time when somebody did something very kind for you that was kind of unexpected. Um, so I just sold my house and I bought a travel trailer and I'm going to live in my travel trailer and I'm going to just travel around in my trailer and do whatever I want. And, um, I've towed trailers before, but it's been years. So it's, it's still a little new to me. And I figured out the other day that I did not have the right power cord. (laughs) So I'm like, Oh, great. So my brother went without me asking, went on Amazon was like, here's this cord. Here's this one. I ordered it for you. It's going to be here Monday. I'm like, all right. And that was super awesome just to have just that little bit of unnecessary help or like, yeah, I didn't ask for it and he just did it for me, you know? So, um, that was really great. And then when I got to his house, he like backed it up for me and like put all the jacks up for me. And so I I was really grateful of that. Yeah. That's sweet. Yeah. That's, that's so nice. Like just something kind of, you know, it's very, it's a small little thing, but something nice that obviously meant a lot for you to you. Like, yeah, because I'm like, oh, great. What am I going to do? I don't have a freaking power source to power my trailer. With yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, man, that's cute. Oh, brothers. How many brothers do you have? I have two older brothers and a younger sister. Oh, OK. Four. Beth and I both have older brothers, which it was mine. It was a terror growing up. 
Beth, I don't know if Beth was as bad. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely moments of that for sure. Yeah. And then I had, and most of my moments were they just pretended like I didn't exist. So, <laughs> so um, there's you know both. It was either like they hated me or I didn't exist. So yeah, it got better. I think once I hit like 13, yeah. everything got better. It gets it better. Good. Yeah. Okay, so we also. Um, send out a uh, challenge every week to our listeners to do something kind for other people. And so um, Jessica said she could set the challenge this week. So Jessica, what do you have for people to do? Oh, for other people to do. Okay. So um, I want everyone to make eye contact when they're out with people and wish them a happy holidays and Thanksgiving. Okay. Or wherever we're at when we, when we air this, we're right at Thanksgiving when yeah, we're yeah. recording this, but when we, yeah, just say hi. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Cause I feel like the world has gotten really weird. And every time you go out, like people don't make eye contact, people don't interact with each other. And I feel like that's just something that a lot of people are craving and missing is yeah. connection. So make a point to connect with somebody when you go out in public. Yeah, no, that's a good one. My daughter yesterday, yesterday was espresso day and she will wave at every single person is hysterical. But yesterday we're walking out of Publix and it was espresso day on their big calendar. So she walked out and she was like, happy espresso day. Every single person we passed by happy espresso day. I'm like, they think you're crazy, but it's okay. <laughs> but yes, eye contact, a wave, a hi, how are you doing? It's so important. It does. It makes people feel good and seen. I love that. I love it. You know, when, when kids like babies, you know, do that because we have as adults have stopped doing that. So like you have a kid come up to you and and it's completely normal to them. They'll be like, hi. And I'm like, hi, I love you. Like, I don't know you, but I love you because you just said hi to me. And I mean, I think that that's, I mean, I think this is a great challenge. I love it. Yes. Yay. Awesome. So Jessica, where can we, where can our listeners find you, follow you and maybe get your help? Uh, Jessica Love Coaching. It's on, on Instagram and Facebook is the same thing. And then they can jo- join my Courage Club on Facebook. Okay. Yes. Awesome. And then we'll put the, the links in the show notes too. So, so you can go find, find Jessica. All right. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Jessica. Thanks for having me. This was fun. Yeah, it was awesome. All right, everybody. Well, we will talk to you guys next week. Have a safe week wherever you are and make eye contact with people. Thank you for joining us on What the 40-ish. If you liked what you heard and you want to hear some more, please hit that subscribe button, leave us a review, or share with your friends. We would love for you to follow us on Instagram at What the 40-ish. And remember, we're all just trying to make it through. So do something kind for someone else today. Even a smile goes a long way.